Hello and welcome to another FIS Freight and Commodity Podcast on Wednesday 16th of November. I'm Mopani and you can call me Mo. In this week's episode, we'll briefly get an overview of the freight and FFA market. Uh, with a roller coaster of news happening in China, we'll also hear about how that impacts iron ore and end with some color in the fuel oil market. For those of you who've just recently joined us and those who need a reminder, in our podcast, freight investor services experts and analysts around the world get their heads together to provide you with an update of what's happening in the commodity complex with price changes, volume, volatility, liquidity, and their thoughts on the market. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. We start off with Kerry Deal, our head of business development, giving us his expert view and analysis of what's happening in the freight and FFA market. And uh, he will also cover some commentary on the impacts of China and what's happening with iron ore. Kerry, over to you. Thanks a lot, Mo. Well, look, on the freight side of things, an ex- a set of extremely mixed signals has been coming from China. And I think that has the market confused and ultimately has added relatively little support for the capes, at least. Although last week we saw a much-awaited, if rather small by Cape standards, rally on the spot index, with the Cape 5TC average moving up from 10,158 to a peak of 13,702. is a 34% swing upwards. Uh, this was driven chiefly by the C5 West Aussie China market, which had moved up to the mid-$9 per metric ton range at the peak. Another factor was positive sentiment, as I mentioned, after China's sudden decision to make an adjustment to some of their zero-COVID policies. Well, this, combined with the package of support for the property market announced by Beijing at the start of this week, has created, I guess what you'd call a boomlet across most commodities, including iron ore, that continues. The capes have proved surprisingly unable to hold on to the gains. In reality, the situation on the ground in China remains highly negative from a shipping perspective, uh, with October growth numbers slowing substantially. We saw industrial output grew by only 5% in October versus the 6.3% seen in September, and we're still seeing a vastly increased number of domestic Chinese lockdowns uh, for COVID. So rates on the C5 have been sliding back towards that mid $8 range per metric ton this week, while C3 levels headed back towards the $19 mark for mid-December dates. Interestingly, the paper never did get lifted by the same enthusiasm as the spot market on capes, uh, an unusual reversal. The DEC 5 TC contract moved up from a low of 10150 to only 11675 at the peak, before drifting off this week to trade at 9925 value today. The Q1 has found a little bit more support, but I would argue that was bound to happen with the contract trading at a near $5,000 backwardation to the spot. The Q1 contract moved up from 5800 bucks to a peak of 7200 on Monday before drifting down a little bit to trade at 6800 this morning on FIS Live. Interesting. So the COVID cases keep going up, uh, but of course there's some hope that they might relax. What do you think could happen to the markets if that was to happen? Well, you know, I I, I think we need to separate sentiment from actuality on the ground. You Mm -hmm. know, there's hope that they might relax. And if that was to happen, I think that would only be a positive signal in the long term, right? I mean, you know, if you're talking, but that would take months to come into effect. 
you know, turning this ship is rather like turning a cape size on the sea. Maybe, you know, it takes uh, quite a while to change direction. And so um, I think that in China, you know, even if they're relaxing a few tweaking, let's say, a few of the the COVID regulations, um, I don't see that as having a material effect for a few months yet. Mm. Um, And, you know, then we've got to separate that from the current situation on the ground, which is still that cases are increasing, lockdowns are increasing, industrial production growth is slowing. So Mm. therefore, I think we need to watch really carefully where the numbers go inside China for November Mm. and kind of take our measure from that. You know, meanwhile, we see on those Panamaxes, they've been stuck in a bit more of a range with the Panamax spot 5TC index trading in effect either side of $15,000 for the past couple of weeks. Uh, as with the rest of the freight and commodity markets, we saw sentiment positive towards the end of last week on announcements coming out of China. Um, and the push up in paper and bunker prices compared, uh, sorry, paired with a healthy supply of cargo out of the U.S. Gulf, I think especially on that front haul with TC rates edging up towards $23,000 on Friday, uh, while East Coast South America rates remain steady with front hauls trading in region 15500 basis Singapore, um, kept that market going, basically, kept that market steady. However, I should say sentiment on the Panamaxes took a knock this week, particularly in the east where news of a lockout by workers of Australian tug operator Switzer has seen some West Coast Aussie cargos postponed. So that's thinning out the number of cargos available. Uh, While tonnage for the Pacific seems plentiful, both in the north and the south, um, and the tonnage available for those no-pack rounds also looks fairly plentiful. So I think we're going to see that keeping a lid on rates there. And the paper market has also drifted down this week on the back of that. Uh, There were rumors yesterday that some longs were liquidating, and that has seen the December 4TC paper move from 14.375 on Monday to a value of 12.875 on FIS Live today, while the Q1 contract has drifted from 12.375 at its peak to uh, 11,150 value today. I see. I see. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I mean, a random side question. I know it's not your area, Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, the Russian embargo by EU is coming up. And of course, that affects the oil market more than dry. But have we seen anything happening on the ground that has changed in the last few months? Because we know that Russian cheap oil has been coming to the Asia side. Has anything else happened different with the numbers? I don't think so, because the overall global prices, I mean, if you look at where fuel oil prices are marked, you know, while they do vary regionally, fundamentally, they're tied pretty closely to the Brent price. And, and you know, as long as that's high, um, ship owners are going to be um, suffering a little bit when they fix voyage cargoes. So, um, so you know, I, I don't think we've seen a really, really substantial change on that. Let's see where the overall oil price goes, and I think that's going to determine, you know, the health of the uh, the shipping market as well. Thanks for sharing that thought and color on the freight market. What about the iron ore market? Well, I mean, on iron ore, I would say that the miners and the traders holding inventory must be praying to the CCP right now because <laughs> generous Uncle Xi has opened up the money taps and <laughs> catapulted the iron ore price out of the doldrums we've seen really for much of the past few months. Prices on the spot market reacted swiftly to the announcement last week of some loosening of the COVID zero policies, with reports of spot trade picking up inside China as mills uh, picked up their purchasing levels from the ports and also purchased seaborne cargoes as well. Rumors that China would loosen some of its zero COVID regulations had seen those spot prices lifting from early November, 
rising from 79.5 bucks uh, per ton on the 62% iron ore on the 1st of November up to $95.70 yesterday on the Platts TSI 62% index, with the acceleration really turbocharged in the past week as China made those formal announcements. Monday got especially frothy, I would say. Sentiment was boosted further from the real estate market support package announced by the PRC government. The futures market, meanwhile, the futures market's been moving up since the first rumors, really, of, the, of China's loosening emerged at the start of the month. Uh, unusually, However, despite the very, very positive narrative out there in the market at the moment, the futures market, which I would say is never usually one to allow facts to get in the way of a good story, is actually reacting a bit more conservatively this cycle. The December 62% futures contract is trading at $97.5 today on FIS Live. That's less than $2 above the spot index. With the Q1 trading at 95.65 value today, that's basically in line with the index. Meanwhile, Chinese steel production actually declined in October to its lowest total since February, falling by 8.3% month-on-month, that is, uh, to 79.8 million tons, according to Argus numbers. Although this was still 11% up on last year, due to government-mandated production cuts last year, reportedly production cuts are continuing as mills try to improve their margins. So the current rise in Chinese domestic spot steel prices is down to production cuts as much as it is increased demand. I think we should also take note of the fact the real estate support package is really fantastic for bondholders as it essentially unfreezes the real estate credit market and allows people to trade those bonds again. But levels of demand in the coming months and really the coming year are still an open question. This goes back to what we were just talking about on freight, Mo. I mean, separating the, the market sentiment triggered by these announcements from China from the actual current situation on the ground which is one of production cuts uh, in China on steel right now. So Mm. I think we need to watch and wait and see where this goes. It's interesting to me that this futures market is not trading at a substantial premium to the index just yet. This is not a market that's suggesting to me everyone thinks it's going to go to the moon. Mm. What else do you think that is? Because obviously you mentioned that uh, normally it doesn't let the facts get in the way of the story. I know, I know. I, I would have expected a little bit more froth, if you will, on the on the futures market this time. Um, I think people are generally being very sensible and conservative about the whole thing. I think that, you know, despite the initial wave of optimism triggered by those announcements, everyone can see that the situation is not going to change very quickly. Mm. Uh, I think geopolitical concerns around further developments in the Ukraine war, as well as tensions in the Pacific are weighing on people as well. Uh, the mm. general instability of the the markets um, probably leading people to be maybe a touch more risk off than they otherwise normally would be. I That's see. my personal opinion. I see. No, thank you, Kerry. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much, Mo. Next up, we've got our fuel oil broker, Sam Twyford. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Uh, he's here to just give us some color in what's going on in the fuel oil market. Sam, over to you. Thank you, Mo. Yes, so uh, over the last couple of weeks, oil prices have rallied, especially over the last couple of days, uh, after reports of two Russian missiles hitting Poland near its border with Ukraine. This latest development will make the markets obviously nervous as they wait for any potential response from Poland and NATO, which will undoubtedly have repercussions across the whole commodity complex. Crude oil futures recovered from early weakness and settled higher on Tuesday, thanks to data showing a smaller than expected increase in US producer prices in the month of October. 
The data helped raise hopes the Federal Reserve will slow its aggressive pace of interest rate hikes. Oil prices were also supported by comments from the um, IEA, that's uh, the European Union ban on seaborne Russian crude, will likely uh, result in the loss of 1.1 million barrels of oil per day. Numbers released by the API overnight last night uh, were moderately constructive. The US oil inventories are reported to have fallen by 5.8 million barrels over the last week, compared to expectations of roughly 1.9 million barrel draws. However, refined products saw inventory builds, gasoline and distillate fuel oil stocks increased by 1.7 million barrels and 900,000 uh, barrels, respectively. The IEA has its uh, released its late, latest monthly oil report yesterday. The agency made some slight revisions higher to its demand forecasts uh, for 2022, while cutting growth for 2023. As a result, the IEA now expects global oil demand to grow by 2.1 million barrels per day in 2022 and 1.6 million barrels per day in 2023. Uh, moving on to the fuel market more specifically, sales of the higher sulfur grades, including the 380 and the 180 bunk fuel, climbed 17.6% month on month to 1.3 million metric tonnes in October, the highest monthly volume since the uh, IMO's 0.5 marine fuel mandate become effective in 2020. Preliminary data from the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore showed uh, on November 13th. Uh, and the cracks on the VLSFO, uh, they are under pressure once again. At the time of writing, uh, we were marking the front crack on the Rotterdam VLSFO to minus 130, down from 0, uh, minus, minus 0.5 earlier in the week. Uh, with the Singapore around $8, um, down from around $10 on Monday morning's open. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a different story in the high sulfur actually. We saw a recovery in the barges crack from lows of minus 36 um, earlier in the month uh, to around minus 2830 uh, just a few moments ago from the back of my desk. So yeah, it's been an interesting couple of weeks and uh, no doubt it's going to be even more interesting as we, as we rock into December. And just a final question from you, not market related, but if people wanted to keep hearing this throughout the week, where would you recommend? Uh, uh, do you produce some of this commentary in your reports, for example? Uh, for sure. Just uh, just give us a call. We can add you to the blast, uh, our news feeds, and uh, go from there. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much. That's it for the week, folks. If you want to stay up to date with everything that is happening in the freight and commodity space, then sign up for our app, FIS Live, or follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn. And if you'd like to give us any feedback or suggestions, remember to email us at news at freightinvestor.com. You've been hearing for more. Enjoy the rest of your week.